Bless the Lord Church. I really want to believe all of us are okay on a very cold, chilly, drizzly. I have to look through the window. Sunday morning. Time on my clock here is 7.17 a.m. But be that as it may, I want to believe that um, you've been okay and that you're looking forward for today. I do want to share with you what can only be called um, one from the archives. The the date on my notes, because I normally do my notes on diaries, is August 1999. That's, uh, that's a long time ago. That's about 21 years ago, thereabout. So you can imagine when I shared this message, uh, I was a much younger person, so the vitality by which I shared it with was far greater. The oomph, the zeal and the zest, probably even the physical movement was far much more than, than now. But I thought it is always good to sometimes to refresh our minds because the word of God really doesn't get old. And so I thought I thought it is important that we can be able to refresh ourselves. So I, I, I want to share with you um, the fact I think the better thing would be for me to read my text first then tell you where I want to go with it. So do you have a Bible with you? You can read with me Psalm 50. Psalm 50. Verse 5, it says, Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant, a treaty, a vow, a covenant with me by sacrifice. And it's a very interesting scripture. Very interesting scripture. They have made a covenant, so it's saying, gather my saints, okay? Because, and these saints have one quality in them, they have made a covenant with me by sacrifice, okay? I don't know if you've ever heard about a covenant of sacrifice. That's what I want to share with you today. It's not like it's a very... um, Don't imagine that it's something so mystical. It's not not very mystical. It's not something which is so out of what you probably um, know. But I just love the way the Bible phrases it. Gather my saints together with me that have made a covenant with me. And they've made this covenant with me by sacrifice. Okay? So, I I have titled uh, the sermon renewing our covenant of sacrificial service renewing our covenant of sacrificial service so we hope that by the time we are we are ending hopefully in the next 30 or so minutes we are going to make a vow we're going to make a treaty with god to renew because i'm sure you have been there before you have done this before for most of us, if not all of us, it's an issue of rededicating, renewing, restating our covenant of sacrificial service. So, um, if you if you if you if you looked at Genesis 12, and I think I can just do that. I'm trying to avoid reading so many scriptures because I've got quite a few 
then I can be able to move a little bit more quickly. But let me just see if I can do this quickly. If you look at Genesis 12, this is the very first time God came to Abraham. And we all know Abraham. We all know the place he... We all know his place when it comes to matters of faith and even his continuing legacy. <clears throat> On the same Genesis chapter 12, this is the time God came to this man. The Lord said unto Abraham, verse 1, Get thee out of thy country, your kindred, father's house, and to a land I will show you, I'll make you a great nation. And then he says, I will bless thee, I'll make thy name great, and you shall be a blessing, I'll bless them that bless thee. And then it goes on. But then it came to, if you are to move forward, just move a little bit forward, go to chapter 22, I believe, yes, 22. So at this point, God came to Abraham, now we can just uh, scroll through very quickly. It came to pass after these things that God said, that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, he said, Here I am. I say, Take now thy son, thy only son, whom thou lovest. Get thee into the land of Moriah. Offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee. And Abraham rose up early. So if you're using a hard copy Bible, just underline rose up early. Can you imagine being told to sacrifice your only child and you rise up early to sacrifice. Remember what you're talking about? We're talking about um, the covenant of sacrificial service. And, and, and this is this this is as sacrificial as you can never go. I mean, this is literally sacrificial. I mean, these are sacrifices. And he's sacrificing his son. I mean, this is really big. Now, notice something that happens. Of course, you know the story what happened, you know, that Abraham rose early. He was ready to do it. In fact, as far as the Bible is concerned, all the time when the Bible refers to this occasion, it says that Abraham sacrificed Isaac. There is no distinction between his in, he intended to, determined to, and literally done it. Okay, as far as God is concerned, there is no distinction. The man did it. There was nothing in him that um, so there was nothing stopping him. I mean, he was out and out to do it. Now, notice what happens uh, after this. Of course, when God stops him from striking the child with a knife and killing him and sacrificing him, and as far as again, if I can repeat myself, God is concerned, he sacrificed him. Um, if you look at verse 16, this is God speaking and said, by myself, I have sown. Now, notice Notice a difference if you are to compare that to the one we read earlier. Saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, so again, as far as God is concerned, he did it, and has not withheld thy son, thine only son. Now notice, verse 17, that in blessing I will bless thee. Now I want you to notice the changes of words. So initially God simply says, I will bless you. Now, if you use some other translation, they say, surely, with blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. Something, in fact, I think the same is referred to in Hebrews. Unless I'm mistaken, let me just confirm that. The same is referred to in Hebrews. So I can get that quickly. If you read Hebrews chapter 6, yes it is, yes it is, yes it is. Hebrews 6 verse 14. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no other greater name. Remember when we're reading here it says that God saw. 
Okay, if you read 16, 22, 16, I have sown. Okay, so this it's addressing the same period, the same, the same event. Look at 14. Look at 13. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, greater, he swear by himself, saying, This is what God said. Surely, blessing I will bless thee. Multiplying, I will multiply thee. Question, 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 question. What has changed? What has changed in the wordings? And sometimes it's good to look at the Bible. The, the word of God is such a compressed book. Sometimes you may miss certain things because, and yet it's such a compressed, there's so many little things that are so fitted in there. So we just came from chapter 12, verse 1 to 4, that simply said, I will bless you, I will, I will, I will multiply you. And entered into a phase after the man has sacrificed Isaac, God changes the tone, the tenor and tone, and he says, Surely I will bless you. In fact, I don't even want to go into the place that God saw. Because in chapter 12, he didn't swear. When it came to after the sacrifice, it is like God stamps his authority. I'm trying to look for a better way to put it. It's like God says, look, I mean, I had said I will, I will bless you. Now, 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 listen to this. I indeed am going to bless you. And he, he actually calls it a sure blessing. That is what it means when we enter into this arena called sacrificial service sacrificial service and if there's any take home you know just as we glossed and you know kind of skate through that is that the man obeyed one of the ways and people have talked a lot about abraham's obedience obedience can be defined very simply sorry 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 people have talked a lot about abraham's faith okay let me rephrase and of course, we know Abraham because of his faith. If you look at chapter 4 of Romans, whatever, all the places it talks about Abraham, you know, you know, he's this great man of faith. And it's true. Faith can be defined simply. And probably in the most purest way, faith is an act of obedience. That's what I'm going to say. Faith is an act of obedience. And so if there's anything we need to take home from this, is that Abraham... And remember, I I, 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 I I took note that the man rose up early to go and sacrifice his. If you read chapter, chapter 22, verse 3, it says that he woke up early. So God tells him, get up, sacrifice Isaac. The Bible says, and he rose up early. I mean, that's very, very difficult. I mean, you'd want to drag a little bit. And especially if it is your only son who is at stake here. Okay? So, let me give you a couple of other scriptures. And this one we're going to read. Again, I will try to be quick on this. Um, 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel. I hope you never mind that we always try to read many scriptures in preparing our sermons. I think we have to keep constantly anchoring what we say and the principles that we seek to drive our lives 
from the scriptures because uh, the word of God is the only infallible truth. It's inerrant, infallible truth. And so we have to pay a lot of homage and respect and uh, fidelity to scriptures. So you don't mind me stopping once and again to read the scriptures. I know sometimes you want a sermon that flows all the way like a poem, but that's not the way I want to believe it should be done. Second Samuel 24, 24. It says, uh, And the king said, this is David, And the king said, Said unto Arana, Nay, well, that is no, but I will surely buy it of thee. At a price, neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord, my God, of that which doth cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. <laughs> that scripture, and I insist, that scripture should be known to all of us by heart. Even if it's just by principle, not necessarily in verbatim, that David refuses to offer to God a sacrifice that has been given to him for free. So he says, "Look, if, if it is me and, and and if it is my God that I'm offering a sacrifice to, I it has to cost me something. I have to buy it. Think about it. Think about it." Let me draw your attention again to Psalm 126, kindly. Psalm 126. Psalm 126. Gather my saints that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And I want to believe we are all going to be those kind of saints that have made a covenant sacrifice. Psalm 126. I'm taking longer than I expect. If you read verse 1 to 3, when the Lord turned again and uh, the captivity of Zion, we were like those that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us. Whereof we are glad. Look at verse 5. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seeds, not just seeds, precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Just notice a choice of words here. Precious, weepeth, sowing in tears, What more can we say? I, 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 I was quoting. I was quoting. Um, I was quoting Second um, Chronicles twenty-seven verse six. I, I can't remember when, but it wasn't too long ago. I think it was on of our recording, where it says that Jotham prepared his ways before the Lord, and God made him great. 
Second um, Chronicles 27 verse 6. Maybe I can just read that. And, and, and I was quoting it in passing. And I said something there which, um, you know, I thought made a lot of sense. It still makes a lot of sense now. When I said that greatness is prepared for, greatness is prepared for. And if you're writing, I think that's a good thing to put down. People don't bump into greatness. Greatness is prepared for. Greatness is prepared for. Let's not substitute um, divine interventions as awesome as they are with that nonchalant kind of do-nothing approach to life. Greatness is prepared for. So if you read verse uh, 27 verse 6. So Jotham became mighty. Why? Because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. That sacrifice became mighty. Because he prepared his way before the Lord his God. Okay, now that we're in the mood of reading scriptures, Jonah chapter 2. Now you all know Jonah. Jonah is a man who was supposed to go to preach in one place and he decided, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go somewhere else. And you know the story. Um, he got himself into a little trouble and a little here is understated. He got into a whole lot of problems and they had to throw him overboard. And the Bible talks about him being swallowed by a big fish. We can only imagine that's a huge whale that swallowed Jonah. And um, somehow there's a way in which when we are in this kind of situations, sense comes back to us very fast. <laughs> okay, So Jonah is in the belly of the fish. And um, I mean, you can only imagine those of us, and most of us, if not all of us, I'm sure all of us did go to school and you know what's happening at that time. The fish is trying to convert him to food. It's you know, send all the necessary juices and the necessary, you know, um, uh, acids and what have you to try and break him into food particle. And the man is there in all that whole mess inside the belly of the fish. And this is when this man spoke these words. Now listen to this. Jonah 2.9, it says, um, you can start from it, they that observe lying vanities for forsake their own mercy, but I, <laughs> I like this man, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving, I will pay that which I have vowed, salvation is of the Lord. Now notice how quickly the, the whole thing changes. And the Lord spake unto the fish, <laughs> verse 10, and it vomited out Jonah unto dry land. The next verse is in chapter 3, verse 1. Just look at how this events completely changes in record time and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time second chances are given immediately now but what has happened what has changed the tone again and tenor of God okay a man has said inside the belly of the fish I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanks because it can only be a sacrifice of thanksgiving I mean you can and if Jonah can give thanks inside the belly of the fish, we cannot give thanks in whatever situation. And he says, I will pay that which I have vowed salvation is of the Lord. Gather my saints that I have made 
a covenant, a vow, like the son of Jonah, of sacrificial service. And the man simply says, I'm going to do it and I'm going to sacrifice it. So I'll give you three things that happen when we enter into this. Um, and I kind of mention them without having to say them, you know, by the examples which I give. But uh, let me let me let me give you um, three uh, um, wonders of service. Three things that service will bring to you very quickly, and not just service. Please remember, we are talking about sacrificial service, the things which we do for God and for good. Okay. The things that we do for God and for good. So, um, again, scripture, Malachi 3.12. Now we're dealing with me. You have to open many scriptures. I mean, you'll be surprised at how many have just jumped. Malachi chapter 3. Okay, we'll read verse 12. And all nations shall call upon, shall call you blessed, and you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, what have we spoken so much against thee? You have said, verse 14, it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that you have kept his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? Okay, so these people have sacrificed and all that, you know, and God is saying to them, you have said it is vain to serve God. What profit is it that you have kept his ordinance? They have sacrificed, they have served and now we call the proud happy. They that work wickedness are set upon. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. So they're looking across the field and they're saying those who, you know, are not uh, serving God, you know, they, they look okay. They, they are delivered. They don't have the kind of issues and problems, you know, that these believers, you know, find themselves in. Yet they have, they have, they have walked uprightly. Look at verse 16. Then they that feared the Lord speak unto one another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. So the word which they spoke, God heard it. And the book of remembrance was written before him. So the book of remembrance, Lord, they brought before God's desk, for lack of a better way of putting it, you know, their deeds, the annals, their, 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 whatever it is that they had done. A book of remembrance was written before him. And they that feared the Lord, and they that thought about His name, so God is looking at their, 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 their deeds, and you know, and all that. They shall be mine, saith the Lord. This is God speaking after looking at what they have done and remembers. In that day, and I'm happy to announce to you that there is a day when I will make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Do you hear that? Then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked. Verse 18. Between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. You will return and you will make a clear distinct. You are going to make a clear distinction. Let me put it that way. You will not have a problem distinguishing between those that serve God. Those that are righteous and those that are wicked. Because when the book of remembrance is brought before God, God will make a jewel. Oh, jewels. And then he says, I will spare them. Wow. So number one wonder of service is distinction. You stand out. You stand out. Now, 
There's a man called King Hezekiah. You can read the story as Isaiah 38. Every time I want to quote without having to read, I find myself just wanting to read it because I think scripture is so precious sometimes to not quote it correctly. Okay, so just give me a minute here. Isaiah 38, the story of King Hezekiah. Let's just look at this man and get to our second point and we shall be done by the third one. Okay. So if you look at 38, in those days when Hezekiah was sick unto death, Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set your house in order, for thou shalt surely die and not live. <laughs> Some prophets. Okay. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall. <laughs> and prayed unto the Lord. And we know from other parts of the scripture that he was in bed. <laughs> so a prophet just made his way all the way to somebody's bedroom to tell him that he's going to die. If anybody's going to interrupt your sleep, I mean, it better be for something good. But anyway, such are the prophets. And said, this is a man now speaking, Ezekiel, and said, remember now, and this again, you know, it's, and it's always good to have something you can fall back to when you're talking to God. Remember, like we read earlier in Malachi. Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept so. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah saying, Go say to Hezekiah, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, the God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thee a, a, a fifteen years. I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Syria. And then he goes on, he goes on, he goes on, he goes on. Okay. Now you, you need to look down again. The, the, the prayer that the man, the man, uh, the man's the man made is also again. Um, down there, this is what the man was saying to God, verse 18, I'm jumping this other bits here, he says, for the grave, as I can speaking, for the grave cannot praise thee, death cannot celebrate thee, in other words, if I die the grave cannot praise thee, death cannot celebrate thee, they that go down to the pit cannot hope for thy truth, the living, the living he repeats, he shall praise thee, as I do this day okay And then he says, verse 20, the Lord was ready to save me. Therefore, I will sing my songs today. Now, 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 the man invoked some very strong, oh, do we call it a prayer? The, the, the man had a way in which he communicated with God and he reminded God of how he had walked. He reminded God of how he had praised him and he had served him and he had sacrificed. I mean, the words are very, very strong that if I go down to the pit, I cannot hope, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot celebrate you. I cannot, I cannot praise you. And it didn't take him very long. I don't even think the man, I don't think, I don't even think the prophet had left the palace. I mean, the man was still somewhere in the courts of the palace. He hadn't gotten to the gates before God told him, turn back and go. Okay, gather my saints, scripture we read earlier, that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. So let's call this the release from the bondage of death. 
wonders of service number two. A man was literally, not symbolically, literally given more time for meaningful service. He was given more time. Now, 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 you know the story of um, Hannah, the mother to Samuel, and you know how she was taunted by her co-wives? co-wife and you know how she cried to God year in year out she would go to Shiloh and she would cry her eyes out praying for a child and um, it was not forthcoming and then one time she discovered something in God's covenant and this is what I to discover something in their in the agreement chatter between us and God she kind of realized this there's an agreement chatter between me and God and I had missed, I had not read the fine print. It's called sacrifice. So she went this year to Shelo and she told God, God, if you give me a child, I will give him, if you give me a baby boy, I will give him back to you and he will serve you for the rest of his life. <laughs> I mean, you know, she, she just discovered that in the in the agreement. <laughs> you know, because her covenant is exactly that. It's an agreement. She just discovered in this agreement that I made with God, there is something here called sacrificial service that always tends to move the hand of God in your direction with tremendous favor. And guess what happened? She went back with a promise of life in her womb. And Samuel was born. And not only Samuel was born, other children were born through her. Wow. Fruitfulness is my, my number three point. Fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. Just, just, she just gave God her utmost and God said, okay, you're going to give him back to me? Sacrifice? Wonderful. And please understand, it's not that she never used to pray. She used to pray. It's not like she never used to pray, I repeat. She used to pray. She used to pray every year. Okay, but the moment she mentioned sacrifice, God says, "What did you just say?" You know, there's something that moves God very, very strongly in your direction. Okay, in your direction, in your direction. Now, I'd like you to read um, Numbers twenty-five six to thirteen. Okay, now there are two stories here. Maybe I can read for you one. Uh, one is a story of Phinehas, and the other one has the same ending is uh, King Asa you know or rather Judah under King Asa so if, if you, and that one is found in 2nd Chronicles 15 2 to 19 maybe I can just add one more I think I'm in a good mood I wanted to talk about three I can add one more wonders of sacrifice so let's start with the one in the book of Numbers 25 so that means um, you have to give me an extra 10 minutes Numbers 25 Numbers 25. Let's see if you can get there quickly. So you know this man, Phinehas. Those of you who have read about Phinehas, I'll start from verse 6. Uh-huh. And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who are weeping before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. I mean, so a man brought some, you know, some woman from, you know, an outsider. Of course, against everything that God has forbidden them. 
and the people were very busy weeping before God and praying and doing their sacrifice and doing their thing. And when finally as the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it, he rose up from among the congregation, took up a javelin, that's a, that's a sword, not a sword, you know, like spear in his hand, and he went after the man of Israel into the tent. And he thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. So the plague was stayed from the children of Israel. I mean, that's a very interesting scripture. So he found these two people, I mean, you know, um, having sex. And of course, it was a major desecration of what this, you know, what, 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 what had been, what had been, um, you know, the invocation that God had called Moses to. He had called the people to a time of prayer, a time of pouring their hearts before God. And people are very busy spiritually, you know, you know, you know, pouring themselves before God. And a man is desecrating all of that by this horrible deed. So a man by the name of Phinehas gets to know about it, okay? And he takes a javelin and he literally pins them on the ground with it. Literally pins them on the ground with it, okay? And he went after the man of Israel. So that's what we read that on verse 9. And then he says, so the plague was stayed. So the plague was stayed. Meaning the plague or the calamity was, was stayed. In other words, it was, it, was, it was averted. It was averted. That's what it means. You, you understand? And those that died in the plague were 24,000. So, and the Lord spake unto Moses saying, Finally, has the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned my wrath away from the children of Israel while he was zealous for my sake. I mean, read zealous as sacrificial, very, very, very fervent for my sake among them. That I consumed not the children of Israel in my jealousy. Wherefore say, and this is very important, behold, I will give unto him my covenant of peace. There goes the one again, covenant. Okay. You have done this thing. You have sacrificed this thing. You have gone out of your way and averted a crisis. And I mean, this is very brutal. This is very, very brutal. Whichever way you look at it, this is very, very brutal. This is very bloody. And God says, because he has done that, I will give him my covenant of peace. He shall have it, verse 13, and his seed after him, his children. And the covenant of an everlasting priesthood, because he was zealous, zealous for his God and made an atonement. That's a sacrifice. Okay? He atoned, he removed the blood for the children of Israel. Wow. Wow. So, peace or rest is another of the wonders of service. Okay? If you read the one I was quoting earlier, 2 Chronicles 15, 2 to 19, is a story of King Asa who came and reorganized brutally. Oh, the man was, when it comes to tracking God's will, this man is A1. I mean, you don't go any better. I think I have to read it. You don't go any better than this, 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 this man. You read the second chronicles, is it? Yeah, yeah, here we are, 15 from verse 2. And he went out to meet Asa, said unto him, Hear ye, Asa. And all of Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you be with him. If you seek him, he'll be found of you. If you forsake him, he'll forsake you. 
verse 3 now for a long time Israel had not been without had had been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without a law uh, and without law rather but when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him sacrifice yeah, service yeah. he was found of them and in those times there was no peace here to this there was no peace to him that went out not to him that came in but great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries and nations were destroyed of nation city of city for god did vex them with all adversity be ye strong therefore and let not your hands be weak for your work shall be rewarded and when asa had these words and the prophecy of odad the prophet he took courage put away the abomination idols from the land of judah and benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from mount ephraim and renewed which we'll be doing later renewed the altar of the lord that was before the porch of the porch of the lord and he gathered all judah like we've been asked to do today to gather the saints he gathered all judah and benjamin and the strangers with them out of ephraim and manasseh and out of simeon and they fell to him out of Israel in abundance when they saw that the Lord God was with him. So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month, in the 15th year of the reign of Asa. And they offered unto the Lord the same time of the spoil which they had brought 700 oxen, 7,000 sheep. Now you may not you know, understand this if you have never been to a place where people are sacrificed. People are, <laughs> what's the word we use? People um ever been to a butcher or a place where they slaughter animals i mean you can imagine the amount of blood that just one bull will imagine seven thousand oxen seven thousand sheep the level of sacrifice is i don't know outrageous it is exorbitant it is it is beyond belief this is beyond belief it's beyond belief okay seven thousand seven thousand so they gathered themselves together okay verse 11 they offered the spoil huh? they entered into a covenant again that word keeps coming back to seek the lord god their father with all their heart that is sacrifice all their heart and with all their soul and that whosoever hear this this is what i was coming to should not seek the lord god of israel should be put to death whether small or great whether man or woman you talk about brutally seeking God's will. That is a quintessential classical example. And they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting and with trumpets and with cornets. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath that they had sown with all their heart and sought him with all their desire and was found of them. And the Lord gave them here this rest round about. Rest round about about god gave them rest so for final has is peace which is basically the same thing and you that the one used this rests okay tracking the will of god in a very sacrificial way good people i can finish here and i still think we'll have done something good but let me just say this to you jesus saw a widow and, and, and please screen this correctly Okay, I don't want to imagine that I'm trying to ask you to do something which I'm not trying to ask you to do. At least not in that way. Jesus saw a widow giving all the Bible says she had. He never ran to stop her. <laughs> he wasn't moved by pity. You know, sometimes you just have to make some choices. Sometimes you've got to make some choices. 
And when it comes to sacrificial, anything, it's very costly. I mean, Jesus didn't rush and say, oh, okay, this is all you have, you know. <laughs> Remember the case we had earlier of Abraham, sacrificial, giving, sacrificial, whatever, that led to a sure blessing. Okay? Now, the same can be said of the widow of Zarephath, which uh, we won't go into, First Kings, <coughs> I believe it is chapter um, First Kings chapter 17, I believe it is. You can always confirm. The, the, it, is, it, is, it is important that we realize that there is a point at which, and especially when you are dealing with God, we need to renew our covenant of sacrificial service. This bit, the one I just read to you about the woman, talked to you about the woman, it's called giving. But the key word there is service. It's a service. That's what you need to see. It's a service. Okay, sacrificial service. Okay. I've put in my notes here that God has given everyone the grace to begin. God has given everyone the grace to begin. So you cannot say, oh, I don't know where to... I mean, God has given all of us. That woman had one, you know, very, just a few coins, maybe one coin. I can't remember the story very well. But, um, I mean, she she just, I think the Bible calls it a mite. Okay. That woman just had, had so little, let's put it that way, had so little. Meaning that God has given everyone the grace to begin. So we cannot say, I mean, one time I said it in church and I want to say it here. And I know some people sometimes may take this to mean that I'm trying to ask for something which really it's not the way where I'm going with this. Giving time should never take you by surprise. Giving should never, the time for giving should not take you by surprise. When it comes to serving God, it shouldn't take you by surprise. It should be like, oops, I mean, no, 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 no. If we have to follow in the pattern of these people, okay, the one we just read, and we've read quite a few of them, then we have to realize that this is going to be a very huge part. And giving here is not necessarily treasure. I mean, please understand, and the treasure is part of it. Sometimes it's even giving your own time. People who have given their time. Other people have given God their own talents and completely invested in that, in that, in that, in that way. Okay? Just, 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 just being able to offer whatever it is that you're able to offer. God has given everyone the grace to begin. Okay? I can go on and talk about David. You know, David when he was um, preparing for his son so that he can be able to inherit something as a start for him to be able to, um, you know, you know, like it's like it's like a deposit, like uh, some seed money. That's what we normally call it here. Seed money. Know, for the building of the temple which was to come later. And you can read that from First Chronicles 29 verse 3. This is David. He said, God has forbid me to build the temple, but I had already prepared to do it. And I had this little that I had saved put together for the building of the temple. Let me just tell you this. When I checked this last time, and it could be by far more today, when I last checked this, and when I was doing these notes, because I actually went and looked at all those um, monies, the way they are put in there, and I compared it with today equivalent, that was in 1999, $612,960,000. $612,000,000. That's 99 when I preached this summer. $960,000. It, it could be more. Or it could be the same, but but that whatever, whichever way you look at it, up, down, sideways, that's a massive figure. Massive figure. And that's just seed money. Seed money. Okay? 
save money. You know, and 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 he's telling the man, you know, j- j- just put this somewhere for for it's 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 for serving God, it's for building that temple. And so sometimes I don't know. Um, what can I say? What can I say? What can I say in finishing people? Sometimes I think we we don't value kingdom that much, maybe because uh, which other way can you look at it? Um, we live in a society today which is so inward looking. Everything is about me and myself, which is really sad. Uh, serving God, let me just say this again, because I know some of these kind of sermons have been abused and misused. But that doesn't mean that we should not preach the truth in respect to what the Bible talks about in sacrificial service. And I like the word service better than just giving. Because service cuts across even meeting other people's needs. You know, people are bereaved at times. Being there, suffering with them, for lack of a better word, sympathizing with their situations. Sometimes it's just going out of your way to be a blessing in one way or another too. And you're doing this both for God and for good. And I just want us to to, to, to renew today, and I'm finishing now, our covenant, our covenant for sacrificial, sacrificial service that we shall serve. We shall serve. I mean, do you know, do you know church that this is the only one thing in life that will give you fulfillment. And I, and I mean it from my heart. When everything is said and done, when you and I are old and grey and probably, you know, you know, fixated in some little, you know, room somewhere, maybe on a fireplace, on a rocking chair, because maybe we are not as active as we can, we were. And we have to time to think back I tell you what, the most, the most important thing that will keep crossing our minds will be the things we did for others. I mean, it, the things we did for others. I want us to make this prayer, okay? I want you to make this prayer. I just, I, I, I just put it together, okay? So in case it doesn't follow properly, just don't mind. It's just some stuff I'm taking it over my head but I think it has, it's an important prayer it's just a prayer to rededicate it's a prayer for renewing <clears throat> for renewing and I'm still scribbling one or two others um, prayer to renew our covenant of sacrifice are you ready? okay you will say this after me I'll try to be to go slowly about this. Lord, I am here to renew my covenant of sacrificial service to you. I pledge to employ time, talents, and treasures in the service of your kingdom. I pledge that the best of me will be offered to you on the altar of sacrifice. Mm. 
the best of my energies, my resources, my days will be sold out to you. Unreservedly, exclusively, and without reservation. Lord, consume me with the zeal of thine house. Make me your battle weapon. Let me be lethal in your hands. I submit to your leadings. I surrender control over my life and allow you to take over. Take the driver's seat in my life. I must never stop serving you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, brethren. Please listen to this word again and again. And probably, if you have the opportunity, uh, pass it over to a friend. Who knows? It just might be what they needed to hear. Like Jesus, may we be consumed with the zeal of God's house. Remember when Jesus walked into a temple and chased people? He quoted the scripture, the zeal of your house has consumed me. I think that's the best we can do on this other side of heaven called earth. May God richly bless you, church. May he really, may he really, really honor you and distinguish you. Make you stand out amongst your peers. And even as we serve him, may the best of God be that which drives us. We want the best of God. We want to give him the utmost best. Thank you again. God bless you. Enjoy your week and we'll see you soon. God bless you.